Welcome everybody to this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Today, we're pretty excited to talk about our hot topic of what's in a title. And then I have for us a clinic hack. Melissa's got a pretty strong suturing mom win and Maria has her clinic fail. And I'm just going to let her go into the rest. (laughs) So join us as we go beyond the stethoscope. Welcome to the DVM Divas podcast. It's no secret that the veterinary profession is made up of thousands of amazing women. In fact, we're more than 60% of the current workforce, but it's also apparent that we've been struggling to stay happy and fulfilled. Well, join us, the DVM Divas, as we take this profession back from discontent. Listen as we explore the concepts that motivate us. Community. Making positive changes growth, compassion, and courage. Laugh with us, cry with us, celebrate with us as we define what it means to be a badass woman in veterinary medicine. Hey ladies, how you doing? Good. Good. How are you? Good. So I know we were all kind of cruising through the Facebook, you know, like we do. Mm -hmm. And well, there've been a few groups that have really kind of talked about how do you prefer to be addressed as a miss, a missus, or a doctor? I know for me personally, it's kind of progressed through the years, but I thought it would be something fun. I wanted to pick your guys' brain about it because I know we all seem to have different ideas and different feelings about things. So I guess let's just start. Melissa, what do you prefer to be called? Uh, So this is going to be a very ambiguous answer, but it really depends on the situation. I don't care if I have a title really at any given point. I don't really want to be called Miss, I guess, but I'm I'm too old (laughs) to be a Miss. But at the same time, I know like younger kids, you know, if you go, if I go talk to kindergartners or something like that, yes, I know that they're supposed to be taught to address me as Dr. Detweiler or Dr. Melissa, but in my small town, a lot of times it's, it's Miss Melissa or Miss Detweiler or Miss Tyson's mom or, (laughs) you know, those types of things. And when it's kids, I don't, I really don't care. But sometimes it just depends on the scenario. And I agree with you, Anne. When I was younger, I damn well wanted to be called doctor at any given point in time. But now, honestly, there's times when I don't want people to know I'm a doctor. I think I'm in the same, sort of the same thing with you, Melissa. I really don't want people to know that I'm a doctor. When I go out and meet people, I introduce myself as Maria, you know, the kid's mom or Steve's wife. You know what I mean? I don't introduce myself as doctor. I don't want them to know. I'm very, I don't tell anyone my profession unless they ask me. And I really, I don't care what people call me. I'm more proud to be a mom than anything. So if someone called me Mrs. Botinas, I wouldn't take offense to it. But if somebody sends me an invitation that says Dr. and Stephen Botinas, like I'm like, oh, that was nice of them. Yeah. You know, if you were in the clinic, in the hospital, anything, if I'm dealing with clients, or even if I see clients outside, I'd like them to say, hey, Dr. Bo, or Dr. B, or Dr. Botinas. But other than that, I don't, I don't care. And I never did. And I don't know if it was because I had such bad imposter syndrome when I came out of vet school (laughs) that I was just like, oh my God, you're calling me doctor. What do I do? So I don't get all upset about it. What about you, Anne? I know I really used to. So when I was younger, 
um, you know, they call you Mrs. Pierce or whatever. I'd be like, no, that's my mama. I miss to you. <laughs> but now I'm like, no, it's about time I'm a missus. Like married, definitely getting older. Just yeah. let that happen. The wrinkles yeah. are showing, right? And then it was funny because right when I graduated from vet school, like, yeah, people that knew me called me that. We were at the grocery store though. I think coming back or no, it must've been a gas station. My friends, well, my boyfriend at the time, now husband, they'd all like driven a big horse trailer up, packed all my crap in it and moved me home. Right. Mm -hmm. And so we were at the gas station and the lady was, Oh, well, here you go, miss. And I was like, Oh, thank you. And my best friend's like, it's doctor to you. (laughs) Thank you. And like walked out and I was like, She's like, oh, I'm sorry, doctor. And I was like, no, it's it's okay. It's fine. (laughs) But that's funny when it's coming from your friend, because then you're not going to be labeled as pretentious in any way. Mm -hmm. It's just like good friend there. Well, and I will admit, like I vented about it to, I don't know, five or six close friends that, because, you know, we're in the same situation as you, Melissa, where we're both doctors. And so when invitations show up, they better damn well say doctors, Mueller. Yes. Not doctor and Mrs. Now see that, I don't think it's actually ever happened to me, but I have seen where it has happened to others and that would definitely not be okay. Like it's either- That wouldn't be okay. No, it's either doctors or it's Mr. and Mrs. Or just the Detweiler family. Yeah, if it was Dr. Kurt and Miss Melissa or some variation of that, hell no. Right? Then that's, I I lost it. I lost it one day (laughs) about it. And then it was really interesting because then one of those friends later sent us a- invitation or something. And it was like Dr. Kirk and Miss Anne. And I was like, I'm getting stabby. Do you say something to them? Um, well, that particular friend, it, we're no longer friends for other reasons. So <laughs> I think it was actually a passive aggressive event that kind of initiated. It's fine. Like to family I have. Because I have seen that pop up on some of these threads where sometimes it's maybe a family member or an in-law or somebody and it's kind of the perception that it is almost spiteful and that would be tough. You know, that'd be an awkward conversation to have. It's funny. My dad will sometimes still mail me like he, he finds random things and puts them in the mail. It's just what he does. But he'll mail me things and it'll be my maiden name. <laughs> I've been married for a long time. <laughs> you need to give it up. But it'll be like Dr. Anne made name. And I'm like, Papa, I love you. But now that your husband would be on the opposite end of that. He'd be like, my father-in-law keeps addressing mail to my wife. Well, Kirk's going to find out about it now because he's yeah. going to listen to the <laughs> podcast. But <laughs> he doesn't normally get the mail. I mean, he's done it once in like four or five years. This is a daily occurrence. It's just every once in a while. I signed my maiden name once, probably 10 to 12 years into marriage, randomly, like signed a check or something. And I used my maiden name and I was like, what the, where did that come from? That's awesome. I still have bills come in my maiden name. My student loans are in my maiden name, but. Our gas bill comes in my maiden name. And Steve goes to me, he's like, why haven't you changed this? I'm like, I have to go to the office. That's like way too much work. (laughs) Way too much work. Uh, They're getting their money. We have the gas. Get over it. Yeah. Yeah. So would you say anything? Like, would you actually call the person up and say something? Like, what do you say to these people that do something like this? If it's somebody that I rarely saw, you know, if it was like a third cousin or somebody who was just sending a once a year Christmas card, no. 
you know, I would just let it go. If it was somebody that was close to me and it happened repeatedly, I would want to say something, but I don't know if I'd have the guts to do it. I'm so conflict avoiding in my life. I think I would mention it and just see how they took it. You know, if it's like, oh, hey, like this kind of bugs me that you send it to Dr. and Mrs. when you know I'm a doctor too. Could you just send it to the Mueller family if you have a hard time addressing it any other way? But that's me. It depends on how close I would be with the person. I would probably screenshot it. Like, I mean, not screenshot it, take a picture of it, send it back to them and be like, does my degree not matter? Like, (laughs) I really want you to write return to sender inappropriate titling. (laughs) Wrong address. Mrs. Botinas is not at this location. She does not live here. I thought from reading some of the comments and stuff, I thought it was a really interesting, it was an interesting thing to think about because I obviously used to have so much thought and passion about what people called me and now I don't. And I know one comment made her point was that she didn't care which one she was called because to her, both were hard and represented a deep commitment. And I was like, you know what? That's right. That school is hard and you're committed to that for life. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Being married is hard and you're committed to that for life. So I don't know. I just thought that was kind of an interesting perspective on it too. There was a meme that was kind of circulating with it. The last line of the meme, and I think what was kind of getting people a little bit was it said, even if I'm married, I will never be a missus. And I think it was that line in particular yeah. that was a little bit triggering for some people. You know, and, and at first when I read that, I will admit I was like, it didn't sit real well to me. I know the point that it's making. The never be a missus. That to me I felt like, well, I do honor my marriage. I am proud of my marriage. And it is, like you said, Anne, it's a commitment. It's hard. I work at it. And to me, the term misses, I don't personally see it as anti-feminist. I don't see it as misogynistic. I don't, because there's no Mr. Equivalent for married. I understand all of that. But to me, I am proud to be a married woman. And I like having the designation of a married woman. And I don't know if that makes me less than in the woman's world sometimes. I don't know. No, isn't the whole point of like mid-range feminism that you can be whoever you want to be and own it and enjoy it. So that's where we all stand. So at work, I'm a doctor. At home, I'm a missus and I'm a mom. And all of those things are important to me. And I, I honor all of them. I think it's okay to be a missus. And if you don't want to be a missus, then don't be a missus. If that doesn't sit well with you, then don't do it for yourself. I think that's fine. And I think the people that if it doesn't sit well with them, they're married, they're a doctor and all this other stuff, and it doesn't sit well with them, they have to speak up about it. They have to tell the person that is incorrectly, and I use quotations because it's not completely incorrect, but incorrectly stating misses instead of doctor, they have to let them know because a lot of the times people don't realize it. Like if people send me something and they say, Mrs. Botinas, but I'm a doctor, but it's coming to my house, they might think that at my home, I am Mrs. Because I am. I'm not a doctor at my house. I am a mom. I am a wife. But that's how I look at it. And that's not how everybody does. And I think you have to speak up and tell these people because they genuinely don't know that that's what you want. And then I think you have to be okay. You have to stand up and speak for what you want and what you need Mm -hmm. with the full realization that they can do whatever they want. (laughs) And so... Well, you may tell them, I would like to hope that they will respect that and do better. They may not. And so then it's like, well, really, is that worth it? I don't know. And maybe it is. Maybe it is worth the fight. Maybe it is worth continued championing. 
but maybe it's not. I don't know. When you answer the phone at work, and I don't know how often you guys, you personally answer your phones, how do you refer to yourself? We answer the clinic phone. Yeah. And you may not because you're in a corporate setting, Marie. You probably don't have much opportunity to answer the phone. Oh, if I answer the phone, I just say, can you hold? And then I put them on hold before they answer. <laughs> and then the texts are like, we're going to get yelled at about that. And I was like, well, then answer the phone. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me do it. <laughs> so both when I owned and now. So when I owned, it was much smaller, right? Mm -hmm. We have quite a few receptionists. Somebody's always leaving and coming and, you know, it's just happening. So I always say, hi, you know, this is whatever, blah, 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 hospital. Uh, this is Annie. How can I help you? Some people, when I owned the clinic, they knew. They're like, hey, Dr. Mueller, how are you doing? <laughs> I have a question for you. And I'm like, now, though, at the new clinic, they nobody has caught on yet. We have caller ID on our phone. So sometimes I'll see the name pop up. And it's rare that I answer the phone. It's, it's not very often. It's usually because the receptionist is busy. Both texts are busy. The phone is ringing and I answer it. And yeah, there's sometimes I, I just I play dumb and I just say the name of the clinic and leave it at that. Although we have told all of our employees that we want them to give their name because I hate it when I call somewhere. I hate when I call a business and they don't give me their name. It drives me nuts because I'm who am I talking to right now? So you need like a, a clinic name that's not Melissa. You need like Abby. Yeah. In my old job, I used to say, this is Sarah. And someone called back and said, well, I talked to Sarah. And they're like, we don't have a Sarah at this <laughs> clinic. And I'm like, that was me. <laughs> but my voice is so, I guess, defining. Like, you know, it's me when I answer the phone. When in my old clinic, they knew it was me. Yeah. We live in such a small town. People would see right through. They would figure that out in a heartbeat. They'd be coming in like, who'd you hire? Who's the new girl? We talked to Sarah. We, where, who is Sarah? <laughs> we brought her a plate of cookies. Is she new in town? <laughs> But it was really hard when I owned the clinic because I went by Dr. Annie. And so like when I answered the phone, Annie, they're all like, oh, we know exactly who you are. A couple people would pretend like they knew it wasn't me, but. Generally, we'll say this is Dr. Detweiler. And a lot of times I get, oh, you're answering the phone, which I feel like, okay, we're training our clients better, at least if they recognize that the, that the doctor is answering the phone and that might be uncommon. At home, when I'm on call, I always answer it as Dr. Detweiler because I want them to understand that they are talking to a doctor after hours. Even if I know who it is that's calling and I, I'm friendly with them, I still answer the phone on call as this is Dr. Detweiler so that they know that they are getting the privilege of talking to a doctor after hours. When I would answer, I felt really bad because there was this one lady who would for some reason call at 2 a.m to tell me that she couldn't make her 10 o'clock appointment. She did it to me two or three times. And I was like, this is Dr. Mueller. And I would like, cause you'd recognize the number and I would be pissed, mm -hmm. be nice and bright and perky. Oh, Dr. Annie, I'm so, I'm so sorry I woke you up. I just need to cancel my appointment. Then you can call at eight and cancel that appointment. Actually, people are there at 7.30, the better time. Yeah. So we finally went to, you actually get a voice message or um, a voicemail answering machine mm -hmm. when you call the clinic and it says, gives our, our hours. It says, you know, you can leave a message if it's non-urgent, if you have an emergency and it gives a separate number to call. Perfect. We found that it has cut back on a lot of those. That did, we made that change right before I left and that helped a ton. 
when people have to put in the extra effort to actually talk to somebody, then sometimes they don't. But if I am on an airplane or I am somewhere like that, I am. It's funny because some people I saw in the, some of the comments are like, oh, when I make a plane reservation or a hotel reservation, they always put in that they are doctor, whoever. And I'm thinking, oh, that's the last thing I want on my plane ticket is doctor. What if something happens and they ask for a doctor on the plane? They're going to be like, well, Dr. Detweiler is sitting in row 32. Yeah. You know, I was reading through um, in Kansas anyway. Now I don't know how it is in other states, but in the Kansas Practice Act, in times of emergency or crisis, uh, veterinarians are afforded privileges, medical, even for humans. Like it says that you are, I mean, you're not 100% covered, but you know, in a time of extreme crisis, you will not be penalized for practicing medicine without a license. That's bananas. I mean, it's like if there's a natural disaster, there's... Right. Well, I think I would feel okay going and like helping with first aid, triage. Yeah. yeah, Like those kinds of things. I feel like I can tell somebody a blood pressure. Right. If you're on an airplane and you're just an MD on an airplane, what are you going to do besides first aid and triage? It's not like you're going to diagnose and do surgery. I mean, you're going to be about as limited as we are. So. Right. That makes sense. Do you guys tell people what you do? No. Random strangers. Not if I can avoid it. I avoid it at all costs. So what do you tell them you do? Like, do you pick something in the vet field or do you go outside? This is my perfect scenario is I just met a neighbor at New Year's Eve. She was at um, our neighborhood party and we were talking and we were, she was telling me all about her job. So to avoid the topic of what my job is, I continued asking questions about her job and then brought Steve into it so I can talk about his job. And then by that time, by the time my question, what do you do, came up, Steve came and got me for something. (laughs) So I avoid the question to try not to answer it. But I still have yet to come up with something that I can tell somebody because obviously she's going to find out I'm a vet. She lives on the same street as me. So I can't be like, oh, I'm a mortician. And... (laughs) have her find out that I lied to her. Yeah. Neighbors are tough because yeah, you can't really hide it from the neighbors that long. Right. So I had an interesting situation here recently. I was on a plane. I was by myself. I didn't have any family or anybody with me. And I was sitting next to a man and he was dressed very nicely, you know, kind of business casual. Um, He was reading some sort of leadership book. And I, I was reading the jackass whisperer. I was hoping that's what you were yeah, going to say. I was, that's what I was reading. He's like, oh, what are you reading? And I was like, um, you know, <laughs> I was sort of explaining it to him. And I don't, then of course the question came up of, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I'm a veterinarian, you know, hesitantly. He's like, oh, okay. And he didn't follow up with that. Oh, it was fine with me. And I also said, yeah, I love going on plane trips. I don't often get the chance to read for myself. And so it's kind of nice to be able to have some quiet time to read. Hint, hint. And then I said, well, what do you do? You know, just being polite. He's like, I sell forklifts. (laughs) And I thought, okay, one. That's a lie. Yeah, but that's perfect. I feel like he does something much, much different than that. And he was just giving me the, I don't want to talk about an answer. I'm going to let it ride. But I'm thinking from now on, I'm going to sell forklifts. I probably would have leaned over and been like, well played. And like just started reading. <laughs> <laughs> because I don't have anything to contribute to forklifts. I, I probably would have dug in deeper and started asking him a million questions. So when I go places, um, I tell people that I make rock crushers, which my little brother does. 
And so like, I know enough about it that if they really start bugging me, I'm like, okay, well, this is how we do it. And the hydraulic system was really complicated. (laughs) And now on the third version, we finally nailed it. I had to manufacture this other piece. So I just run with it. No. So when he told me he sells forklifts, like my answer was, oh, I've never been on a forklift. (laughs) And we both went back to our books. I didn't have to talk about a single dog or a sick cat or a euthanasia story, nothing. <laughs> Forklift salesman. I'm going to do that from now. <laughs> That's a great, that is such a lie. I love it though. Yeah. Well, since we have covered all of the things, uh, I think we kind of came back to a very similar consensus around the board. We, neither one of us or none of us really care much what we're called. Probably as long as it's still respectful. You know, what's the joke? You just don't want to be called late for dinner. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely a situational type event. And I think we all agree that really, whatever floats your boat, if you want to be doctor all the time, if you want to be missus, or if you want to have a combination of both, then you can be whatever you want to be. And definitely feel free to ask for what you need and ask people to address you how you want to be addressed. But you got to be okay with what they choose to do after that. (laughs) And then I think probably the best tip that we have given today is what do you do when people ask what you do for a job? And you can either be like Maria and just really try to avoid the question and ask lots of questions about their job. Or I think Melissa gave us the all-time best answer and you just reply, I sell forklifts. So with that, we will go ahead and move on into our hack, win, and fail for the day. I guess I'll go first. Uh, So we've got a crowdsourced hack that actually comes from one of the technicians at Idaho Veterinary Hospital where I work. Uh, Her name is Alyssa, but her Instagram is lissbliss208. And one of the things that she did, we just got done with a bit, well, we finished our remodel. We started putting up little treat containers in all of the rooms. Well, we do a lot of exotics. So one of our exam rooms is strictly dedicated to exotics. And Alyssa noticed that when she was going to get treats like out of the drawer, it would sometimes startle some of the exotic patient. So instead of putting them in a drawer, and there's quite a few because, you know, like hamsters and snakes and birds and guinea pigs are all seen in kind of the same room, not at the same time. A hamster and a snake together. (laughs) That would not end well. So they're not at the same time, but they're all, you know, we kind of use that room for all those different species. And so there were quite a few different treat jar options. Um, So what she did is she found, I think it's originally for spices, but it's like a, a metal board with a frame. And then it has little round containers that have magnets that attach to the board. And so it's really neat because it just, it's right behind you on the wall. It looks cute for one to put little labels and chalk painted them and they're adorable. Um, But then you just pop it off the wall, sprinkle out a few treats, put it back on the wall and the pets don't seem to mind it. So the noise of the drawer is gone. They get a treat and everybody's pretty happy. So it was kind of a fun tip and I really liked it. I've got a picture of it too. So we'll see if we can throw it up with the episode and go from there. What does Alyssa get? For sharing her. She wins a sticker and she's going to be super jealous because I have been harassed for stickers. But yeah, so Alyssa will get a sticker, which yeah, she's going to rub that around the whole clinic. I'll make her tag us in it because everybody's like, we want stickers. And I'm like, I don't have them. How can our listeners get a sticker if they want a sticker? Submit more hacks, right? We'll open that up soon. So Maria, what is your fail? Tell me about this. So... 
I'll put it as my husband's boss um, is a leader in our market and I take care of his cat and his cat pees around the house. So of course I was like, let's run a urine culture. So I didn't sleep for two days because kids and he comes in, of course, when I have like 20 something appointments, I'm like, it's okay, I'll take care of it. It's not a big deal. Pull the test and I put it in the computer as anaerobic and aerobic culture. Charge him, he leaves. I'm off the next day and I get a text message from my manager and it was a picture of a rejection notice for the cat from the lab. And I looked at it and I was like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> so I called my manager and I was like, well, I'm a moron. And I, instead of wearing the ring of urine culture, I ordered an aerobic and anaerobic. So fine. They had to call him because we had to reimburse him because he paid too much money. So that night we went to the Christmas party and I walk in and everything's fine. And of course I had like two glasses of wine and whatever. And I'm sitting there and he comes over and I'm like, Oh, did you hear what I did with your cat sample? And he looks and he goes, what are you talking about? And I was like, they didn't tell you. And he goes, tell me what I go, I ordered the wrong test. And he was like, they didn't blame you. So I walked back and I go to the manager. I was like, you didn't tell him that I did it. He goes, I will never throw you under the bus. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, that's good. And I was like, so my fail is make sure you order the correct test, especially when it counts for leadership in the hospital. So you don't look like an idiot. And don't throw yourself under the bus. And don't throw yourself under the bus because I definitely did. <laughs> that is awesome. So I'm super excited to hear about Melissa's win because we actually got to watch it before we started to record. So please share with everyone what you were doing as we were doing our business meeting. Well, first of all, I was pouting because I had to have my reading glasses on because I haven't come to terms with the fact that I am now of that age that I have to wear reading glasses for intricate up-close things. I was suturing my daughter's sweatpants because there was a big hole in the crotch, her basketball team pants, and she was in a panic because she has to have them tomorrow at school. It's a mandatory thing. And mom, you have to fix them for me. So I did what any self-respecting veterinary mom would do, and I sutured them. So now inquiring minds need to know what pattern did you use? I did a simple continuous. Mm. Um, that's what I chose. Solid. Um, How many yeah. knots on each end? Um, you know, since these are in the crotch, I felt like I should reinforce them. And I probably did about six to eight knots on each end. Ooh. Yeah. What suture did you use? Like Maria is saying. I used all purpose dual duty plus. <laughs> I used thread. I did actually use thread. It wasn't, it wasn't suture. Were there needle drivers involved? Well, I was going to say I was adept enough to do it without. However, I did poke myself in the finger, which you guys saw. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tie knots without them. I mean, no? sometimes I can still do my one-handed knot, but. Yeah. This is why I poked myself in needle. Yeah. You know, what's funny is I actually do have suture in my purse upstairs because who doesn't? I have three aught something or other hanging around in my purse with a swagged on needle. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. It probably would have been better to use that, Melissa. You wouldn't have poked yourself as much. Um, it's a, it was absorbable. And then so. You don't need that. You need like silk or something. Yeah. I don't think she would appreciate absorbable suture in the crotch of her sweatpants. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the DVM Divas podcast. Want to know more about us? Then visit our website at dvmdivas.com. 
or find us on all of our social media accounts, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and even LinkedIn. Just look for at DVM Divas. We can also be reached by email at admin at dvmdivas.com. Don't want to miss an episode? Be sure to subscribe. And while you're at it, rate, review, and share. Your online love really does help. And tune in next week as we once again go beyond the stethoscope.